Hello! Welcome to episode two of Rewriting the Narrative. I have to start off by saying, oh my goodness! My heart um, feels beyond full and I have been like levitating off the ground, um, barely on earth, floating because of the amount of women that not only listened last week, thank you, thank you, but reached out to me and shared how they're using last week's episode and showed me their anchors. And um, I'm telling you, I, I didn't do it for the feedback, but the feeling that comes with connectedness and being understood and being felt and um, that sense of deep connection is like no other. So if you are struggling, um, you're not alone. And I think that's the biggest thing. And Shauna Nyquist said this thing that stuck with me years ago that I read about uh, making your mess your message and the things that we carry around in the dark or in our closet or in our garage and that when we keep things in the dark it holds power over us and we carry that shame around and it is so flipping heavy and it just gets heavier and heavier and more and more overwhelming um the boxes pile up in the closet or in the garage uh, it's just sometimes can get to the ceiling and stacked and in rows and when you open that garage door or you open that closet door and the light comes in and you decide to um, shine a light on it it no longer has control over you and that fear no longer exists and and things become more doable and that is exactly that is exactly where I'm at um, I'm not doing this to have a pity party or anything like that. I'm just saying I have learned some things the hard way. <laughs> and and if you didn't listen to last week's episode, that's what this is about. Is The title, Rewriting the Narrative, is talking about how so many of our beliefs um, come from stories that we have sold to ourselves. And my opinion is... Those stories that we tell ourselves, um, they keep us stuck, but sometimes that discomfort that we're stuck in is easier to do than tackling the fear and tackling the unknown, and so it keeps us limited, and it keeps us living with that enemy of shame, and it keeps us living small, and there is no extrinsic thing that can fill that void when you're living like that. And so the whole thought is to rewrite your narrative one story at a time is like, hey, we are all one page turn away from shifting the whole direction, from changing the whole story. And so owning that power, taking control of that power, and a big part of that is realizing what these subconscious stories that we have told ourselves, like getting them out of the dark, out of the subconscious, making them conscious, and then making those changes. And the empowerment that goes along with that and um, living a Christ-centered life. And so that's what this is about. You know, they say, and it depends on what research you're looking at, but 90 to 95% of our 
thoughts are subconscious. So that autopilot that's going on in your head, the majority of those thoughts you don't even know are happening. You don't even necessarily have control over them. And a lot of those, I would be willing to bet, are negative and have a Debbie Downer tone and have a self-sabotaging tone and are full of fear and full of darkness. So again, that thought is once you start to see some of those patterns, those thought patterns, belief patterns, you can acknowledge them and then replace them with something. And so that's what... um, that's what this is about. And I have, and I will be the first to admit, look, I don't know. I'm not a trained therapist. Um, my undergrad was in psychology and I do geek out over this kind of stuff. Um, I love it. And I'm going to apologize. I'm kind of nervous because like what I want to talk about today is I'm super passionate about And I've got like monkey brain. I'm like jumping all over. And so I'm afraid everything I'm going to say is like not going to make sense. Because I'm like, oh, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. (sighs) So, um... So I hope this comes out and makes sense. And I said last week I was going to try to keep these to 10 minutes. And and it brings me back to my teaching days of the bell ringing when you're in the flow and feeling good and like loving life. And um, (laughs) you're in the lesson and the bell rings and you're like, "Mm!" Uh, pacing was not my strength. So so I'm feeling it in this because I don't think I'm going to hit 10 minutes or under, but we will see. So the thought of this with these subconscious beliefs, um, a strategy that we did with behavior modification in psychology classes and in my um, my teaching classes, there was a strategy called replacement with incompatible strategies. And that's kind of where this philosophy or this mentality comes from is if you change one thing with something else that they cannot both coexist, they're incompatible. So once you introduce something new, um, you, you like worry, you don't get stuck on the problem because you're focused on the new solution that you're adding. And when you add that solution, the old thing can no longer exist. So uh, the one thing I, the one example I think of right away every time when we were teaching this or talking about it was, you know, if you're nail biting, um, if you put gloves on. You know, you cannot bite your nails physically when you have those gloves on. And analogies kind of help me. So if you think of that, we are, the gloves are the new stories we're telling and the nail biting is the old stories that have kept us limited and kept us stuck. So I hope that makes sense. Another analogy that I kind of liked when thinking about this is it's like if you see a lot of land, not not a lot as in a ton, but a lot as in like a section, okay? And there's nothing planted in there. So it is just full of weeds and it is sick and nasty and yucky. And you don't even want to, or I don't even want to walk through there because I can just imagine the amount of snakes living in there. But if you get all that down and you plow it out and you like dig out all the weeds and you start fresh and you plant grass or you put sod down, then the proportion of weeds that are going to grow back are so much smaller 
because that land has been replaced with grass that is soft to step on, that feels good on your feet, on your toes in the summer, barefoot, that is inviting and just telling you to, hey, lay down a blanket and come sit with me. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. And so I tip my crown as the metaphor queen or the analogy queen because um, I am digging a little too deep on those. Okay, so the story I'm talking about today is I have to. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. We are changing it. And I couldn't make this super short <laughs> and, um, and end it by saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. In fact, there's hardly anything. And honestly, I, don't, I can't think of anything that we actually have to do while we're here on earth. Yes, there are things that are better for us. There are things that are legal and safe. But we have to do very little. And most of the things that we put on our own shoulders that we have to do come from the ego. And they come from the, you know, the mentality or that such a Debbie Downer thought of, well, if I'm not going to do it, nobody else is. Well, you know what? Nobody else can jump in if you're going to keep doing it. And if you say no... That's not your problem anymore. You get to walk away and you have that choice. So I have to. We are changing that story. And we are going to talk about some different things. And it's a lot of moving from the ego, like things that we value that um, fill us up superficially, like feedback and praise and doing and accomplishing and medals and rewards and certificates and honors and blah, blah, blah. We're moving away from that mentality to a higher ground in a deeper purpose that can bring actual fulfillment. And so when we're talking about that today, I'm going to bring it back to five, four, and three. Five values, four agreements, and three steps that you can use. And then we'll end it with our anchor verse And our anchor statement that you can use to practice this every day, all day for the next week. So the story I have to, I have to go to the laundry. I have to go do laundry. I have to go get groceries. I have to do supper. I have to write the grocery list. I have to do the bills. I have to take my kids to school. I have to work out. We are completely eliminating that story. Okay. And we are replacing it with, I get to. And when you let that sit in, and you let it soak in, and you say it slowly, and you say it with purpose, I get to do this. It changes, it totally shifts your feeling from that of resentment and anger and tension and negativity and darkness to privilege and gratitude and light. It it just does. And I this is something that the more you practice, the more you feel it and the deeper you feel it. I have pinky promise. So for starters, what I would suggest is to start with the five. 
And the five stands for five values. And why you're going to do that is you want to fine tune what your yeses in life should be. And once you write down these five things, I say five because you need some diversity. <clears throat> you need like, you need to be a character that um, that has is foil. You know, you don't want one layer. You don't want to. Um, you, you just want diversity in your life and to be well-rounded. And that's what the five give you. If you get more than five, though, you get scattered and you get overwhelmed and you get overworked. So trust me on that. Um, but what these five values do is much like the anchor statement. They help you pull the weeds. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm coughing so much. Um, they help you pull the weeds from life. Okay? Because if you say yes to everything, you're going to end up mad and resentful and in that darkness. But if you stick to saying yes to things that truly light you up on fire, um, my goal for the year, my quote for my New Year's resolution was, if it isn't a heck yes, then it's a no. Like if it doesn't light you up, get excited, then it's a no. And no is a complete sentence. They don't, the committee doesn't need to know why you're saying no, okay? (laughs) The board doesn't need to know. The BTO doesn't need to know. No thanks. If you want to get longer, then no. You can say no thanks. And that's a complete sentence. But those values, once you line that up, you start living on higher ground and a higher vibration and the energy is good. And they can help hold yourself accountable to what you said you're going to do. Because at the end of the day, or at the end of your life, my life, um, I've just realized that it isn't like a chore chart full of stickers or a potty chart full of stickers where I get an M&M afterwards. Um, you don't get more by doing more. Um, Jesus died for us. We were born, end of story, for what we need to do. We were born. That's all we need to do, okay? So there's no proving. So I just feel like we as humans have forgotten how to be human beings and we've become human doers. We don't know how to just be. So when you write down these five values, I would strongly suggest you write them down. I had them on my screensaver for a while um, when I first did it. So that when I was making decisions from the big ones to the little ones, because they all matter, I would go back to these five values and I still do this. And if they didn't line up with these five values, then it was a no. So an example was my five values are faith and family and love and joy and integrity. Integrity um, was in there just because if I'm not doing those first four and doing them earnestly without ego then there's no point and I am sabotaging myself and we're going back to the story of I have to do this okay so your first job is to find out what your five values are and that takes time so give it time let it soak in and they can change they can totally change but writing them down is huge 
The four I want to talk about comes from the four agreements. And if you have not read this book, this is a super quick read. Uh, It's like a coffee table book by Don Miguel Ruiz. And it is so good. So good. I don't know how many times I've read it or how many times I've listened to it. Whenever I start to feel off balance and just crabby, cranky, mad at the world, feeling like Tupac, just me against the world, um, I go back to this. And so I would suggest if you've never read any kind of personal development or self-help book, read it. It is so quick. And honestly, I listened to it in Audible and then it's, I think it's like three hours listening. But much like the stories we tell ourselves, he stands for four agreements to live by and they are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And honestly, I could talk to you for 17 hours on this book because I just love it so much. And I think it is everything. But when he, what I'm focusing on for the four agreements is to be impeccable with your word. And at first you might think I'm talking about what you say aloud, but what you say inside and in your head and what you tell yourself has more power and affects every single thing you do. And so that's what I'm talking about. Um, he, there's two paragraphs that I want to read that I think are huge and they kind of shift how you think or how you speak about yourself and your mind. It says, the human mind is like a fertile ground where seeds are continually being planted. The seeds are opinions, ideas, and concepts. You plant a seed, a thought, and it grows. The word is like a seed and the human mind is so fertile. The only problem is that too often it is fertile for the seeds of fear. Every human mind is fertile, but only for those kinds of seeds it is prepared for. What is important to see is what kinds of seeds our mind is fertile for and to prepare it to receive the seeds of love. Boom. I mean, like, mic drop. How are you preparing your field? Is your mind prepared for love? Are you opening up your heart and yourself for love? And on top of that, he goes into impeccability and what that means. And this is awesome. The second part is just next level. It says, now let us see what the word impeccability means. Impeccability means without sin. Impeccable comes from the Latin, um, which means sin. And M means without. So impeccable means without sin. Religion talks about sin and sinners, but let it, let's understand what it really means to sin. A sin is anything you can do that goes against yourself. Everything you believe or feel or say that goes against yourself is a sin. Being impeccable is not going against yourself. When you are impeccable, you take responsibility for your actions but you do not judge or blame yourself. So I'm saying, what if we started taking it next level for what it really is, that we are when we are not impeccable with our word, we are sinning and we are going against our Father. 
In other words, how dare you talk to yourself in that negative tone the way you do when you are a child of God? That is heavy. That is heavy to me. So be impeccable with your word is taking ownership for those thoughts and those beliefs that exist in in you. In you. (laughs) And so get that book on Audible or buy it. And um, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. I'm sure a lot of you have read it. Then the five and the four we did. Then the three is there's three steps. First of all, we need to start hearing and being awake and attention for those subconscious beliefs. Then we need to identify them because there's going to be just there's going to be several themes, a few thing themes that come up over and over and over. Last week we were talking about I am not worthy. That is huge. That's a big umbrella for me. Um, and once we identify them, we replace them. We replace them with an incompatible strategy that cannot exist with the old one. So in other words, I get to do this. I say that every single time. And I I can't remember what book I started to do this from. But um, I started talking about I get to substitute teach tomorrow. I get to fold my kids' laundry. And honestly, um, I used to hate laundry. Like my dryer would sit with that last load of laundry. (laughs) Like an extra closet. Until it was time to do laundry again. But now I fold the little boxer briefs and I have connected it to my responsibility and my privilege that I get to be a mom. I get to be a wife. You know, like those privileges don't come without some responsibilities. And I'm honored to do them and I get to do them. So yeah, I feel sometimes like, ugh, I do, I have to do this. You know, like I I hear that sinking in because I'm human, not perfect. I'm not saying that at all, but I have, I have practiced so much being aware of that to flip the switch to say, no, 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 no. I get to do this. I get to the grocery store, get to go to the grocery store this week and feed my kids without having to worry about where I'm going to get the food from or how I'm going to pay for it. And what a privilege is that? So when you start to say, I get to for every single thing, your gratitude goes through the roof. And I'm telling you, if you have done any research on gratitude, the effect size of gratitude is huge. And when we talk about rewiring our brains, um, the research that has been done, it helps depression, it helps anxiety, it helps you be mindful and grounded in the present Um, It helps you disconnect from yesterday and tomorrow and be in that moment. It also is connected to the prefrontal cortex, which helps with learning and decision making. And even better, it helps with the medial prefrontal cortex, which shows us that it almost has a snowball effect of the more you practice gratitude, um, the stronger its effect gets. And so a lot of times with different things that you try and different interventions or strategies, they start off strong and then they go weaker and weaker. But gratitude practice has the exact opposite opposite effect. So it's pretty flippin' awesome. 
So I cannot say enough about it. It was a year ago in May, I started writing a gratitude journal. And if if you were like, I just, it became May. And I always say summers are my favorite. All the cards were lined up for me to have like an awesome summer, best summer ever. And I just felt stuck. Like I was trying to put a puzzle together and like I knew all the pieces were there, but I just couldn't put them together. You know what I mean? Or like I had a recipe, I knew all the directions, I had all the ingredients, but the recipe just was not coming together and I couldn't find joy, like lasting joy. And so I started just doing the simple practice. Um, I added doing a gratitude journal and writing down three things I'm grateful for every single day. And so a year ago in May, um, you know, slowly the shift happened. And on those days I felt yuck or on those days where I felt stuck, it is so cool to go back and read the gratitude journal and so many things that I say I get to do. Thank you, God, for letting me do this, letting me do that, letting me cuddle. Let I mean, from big thing to small to write that down and to see a whole book filled with things you're grateful for is pretty dang strong. So, I mean, let that snowball grow, especially in 2020, because you're going to find what you look for. And if you're looking for the good, you may have to dig a lot. I know there's a lot of yuck right now. And a lot of you are dealing with some way heavier stuff than I am. Um, But you got to believe that if he's not getting you out of it, he is going to get you through it. And that if you start telling yourself that and actually believing it and looking for the good, seeking the good, um, your page is going to turn. And you're going to shift from asking why to start asking, how can I learn? How can I use this? What can I grow from? It's time to dig in, you know? Um, Easier said than done, but totally doable. And all these teeny tiny decisions make big lasting change. I mean, look at compound effect. It... Big change comes from a bunch of little decisions, a little small, 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 small actions built up like that snowball. So I've talked way too much, but our anchor verse for this week is from First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and it says, in everything, give thanks for, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you doesn't say give thanks for the good stuff, give thanks for what you asked for, give thanks for receiving. It says in everything, give thanks. And so to me, this is honestly where faith exists. Um, Scary faith, trusting and believing that he is going to get us through it um, no matter your season, if you're in the winter or the darkness, give thanks and trust and believe that he's going to get you through it and you will come out on the other side stronger. I believe it. Our anchor statement for today and for this week, 
Last week I gave you options. I'm not doing that this week. (laughs) The anchor statement, and I want you to say this out loud, and I want you to say it slow and with meaning. I get to do this. If dread shows up, if resentment shows up, must be rough. He's going off to work and I'm staying home with the kids. No, I get to stay home in this house with heat and electricity and with love. And yeah, my kids are going to drive me crazy. But I have the privilege of them driving me crazy. You see what I'm saying? It's not all good. Every day is not good. But there is good in every day. So I get to do this. Ladies, I don't know if any of you are listening still. <laughs> way over 10 minutes. Way over. But um, I still feel like I left things out. I also thank you for the feedback because several of you were like, the music was distracting. And last week it was on, it was like my little security blanket that I felt naked sharing all these emotions and being so vulnerable. So the music in the background was my security blanket and I ditched it um, thanks to your guys' feedback. So I hope you love this. I hope you found some value. Get down your anchor verse. Get down your anchor statement. You get to listen to this. You get to practice this this week. And what better month to practice gratitude than the month of Thanksgiving? Sending you all love and light. Um, Go do your thing. God bless.